What is going on, ladies, gentlemen, and listeners of the Didn't Ask Podcast? Welcome back to another episode of this right here podcast, the Didn't Ask Podcast. Welcome or welcome back. If this is your 90th time that you're listening to this podcast, welcome back. I'm happy that you're here. I am glad you're here. I am so excited that we're getting closer and closer to that level, to the level 30. Level 30. I wanted to say level 30 for some sort of, that we're getting closer and closer to that 100th episode. Cause oh my God. That's a big one, ladies and gentlemen. Three-figure deal. And I'm, I'm very excited about what's that going to bring. But that's not what this is about right now. I wanted to talk to you about your weekend. How has your weekend been? For me, it was a pretty chill weekend. Didn't really do that much. I had a very busy week last week at work. And that basically carried over into the weekend where I was just like having moments where I was sitting on my phone, scrolling through social media and just barely doing anything i was not moving was not doing anything i was just scrolling and 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 multiple moments in the day i was like what what am i doing i'm just doing fuck all like i wasn't even listening to music i believe or podcast or whatever like i was just sitting there scrolling i was like oh need to do something but don't know what the fuck i need to do so just keep scrolling just keep scrolling but luckily there was some fun sports entertainment this weekend because we had wwe doing their annual survivor series but this time they did it with a twist because they brought war games over from nxt to the main roster and we had a survivor series war games match and it was so much fucking fun that whole pay-per-view was fucking great beginning to end we of course started with the women's war games match and all these women are fantastic they all have such good characters and it started with with Rhea Ripley who came to who came out into the arena first, went into the, like the shark cage that they have set up because everybody has to go in the shark cage, and then you get released into the match one by one, and she was there, the first one to get in there, and she started doing pull ups, and it was fucking badass just seeing her just do the pull ups. Then we had Nikki Cross come out who then climbed on top of the shark cage, which makes no sense whatsoever, but. It was fantastic. Now we have, of course, a damage control who, first of all, looked fantastic, but they always do. But like seeing Dakota and EO fucking live their best life because they are the two people in the whole company that have the most experience with war games because EO was in legitimately all of them and Dakota, I believe, missed one war games match. But then that still means that she was in like four war games matches and this was, I believe, EO's fifth, something like that. So they both had so much experience and they're both very much capable of going to the extreme and pulling every trick out of the bag and make sure that it's an entertaining fight, but also that it means something and that everybody has the right feeling in the moment that they have to feel. And again, that match was fantastic. Then I'm not even talking about the fucking AJ Styles versus Finn Balor match, which was also great. We The only thing that I think was a bummer, but it wasn't really a bummer in the sense that I didn't really have that much expectations from it. And that was the Schultze versus Ronda match. It was a match we went into knowing that this is not going to be Schultze's day. While Schultze has been getting a great push, I don't really see that Schultze is a viable option to dethrone Ronda. And there are very few people that have that viability. I think that, of course, Charlotte Flair has always, always has been and always will be that the, the shiny sparkling light in the far distance 
where we know that she's there. We don't know when she's going to come back. We don't know what the fuck is going on because she, of course, got married to Andrade and now has, you know, gone on holiday and honeymoon or whatever you want to call it. And now she's back seemingly in shape. Like she has been training. She's been posting on social media. So we might see her soon. Could be a Royal Rumble thing because we're nearing the end of the year, which means the start of the road to WrestleMania is right around the corner. So we can see her back there. I don't know what we're, I was thinking like maybe we're going to do something with Raquel, but then they did the fucking angle where she broke her arm. So we're not going to see Raquel for the next month, which means that, yeah, she will probably not be back the whole year. Then, of course, we still have the Liv Morgan thing looming in the distance where she has beaten Ronda multiple times, even though it wasn't clean. So that could still come into play in the near future. Where it's like, hey, maybe she comes back. We have the we have the wild card, I should say, in Aliyah, who has not seen screen time in a very long time because the War Games match was the match that we were all building towards, and of course that already involved so many women. So it's really hard to get even more women on the fucking card when you have again the War Games match with included ten women, and then you have the Ronda Shotzi match. So that was a whole thing there. So there are some options, but I don't really think that there are any viable options right now to have Ronda fall victim to. The only person I think right now that we have is Shayna. And of course, they are in like this friendship in real life, but also now in uh, on screen. So I think that that is the closest thing that we're going to get to that right now. Of course, there was the men's War Games match, which saw the bloodline including Sammy, face the Brawling Brutes with Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. And similar to the women's match, fantastic match. Mm -hmm. They did such a great thing, especially with Roman. Roman has been killing it the past two years since he became like the head of the table, like the fucking smash him, stack and pin him guy. He has been doing so fucking great. And again, it's been going tenfold since he has been doing the bloodline thing and been getting the Usos with him and now Solo Sokoa with him and then fucking Paul Heyman and Sammy and it's so fucking good and I was thinking like before the match I was like how the fuck are we going to do the Roman thing because like if I was Roman I wouldn't start the match but that means you have to go into Shark Cage but then if I was Roman I wouldn't go into Shark Cage first off don't really want to go in there but second I'm not going to stand there for half an hour just eating out my fucking nose so I was like, how the fuck are they going to do that? And they got him a fucking chair. And I was like, yep, that's fucking, that's good writing, guys. That's good writing. Because Roman wouldn't stand there for fucking half an hour waiting to get into the match. No, no, no. If he's going to fucking go by your rules, he wants a chair. He's going to sit down. He's going to just command the people and tell them what to do. And that's precisely what he did. And we saw that friction between Jay and Sammy. We saw that unfold and we have seen that bubbling up and coming to a boiling point and they they fucking smashed this storyline out of the park man like it's been fucking fantastic and we can now go even deeper because now of course sammy has the trust of the full bloodline he of course had solo sukoa on him side on his side already has roman on his side we got jimmy on his side now he got finally jay on his side so now we can he is infiltrated like he is part of the bloodline now which 
makes it even more devastating when he eventually does turn on them. Who knows that if that's going to happen, but I think that there are so many good storylines we can tell now. It's so much fun. And then winning war games, of course, cements their legacy even further where it's now the bloodline. They hold the titles. They won war games against a fantastic team of former champions. Like that is a history making moment. But okay, people, this is another podcast where I talk to you about WWE, UFC, Formula One. No, no, no. This is the podcast where I dive into the world of Reddit to see what the people asked Reddit and didn't ask me. So let's jump into the first question of the Ask Reddit subreddit for today, coming from user Juan de Fuca, and that is Juan and then dash de dash Fuca. You are stuck on a 12-hour flight. What famous person would you want to be sitting beside? I saw this question and I was thinking, like, what person would I want to sit beside? And I think the answer to that question would be Brie Larson. I think that Brie Larson is such a fascinating person, even though, like, maybe even because she gets so much hate from the internet community. And I think that she's such a fascinating person to talk to because she, of course, is like a, she is a fucking geek. She's a nerdy person. She loves to play fucking Animal Crossing, plays Fortnite a lot. She, of course, now is officially in Fortnite as a voice of Paradigm. So that is always always really fun as well. So I think that she as a person is a very interesting person to talk to because she seems to have lots of interest and lots of things that she's doing. Of course, she directed the movie and she still stars in movies. She does a whole bunch of projects where she did this documentary project with Disney as well. So she has been doing a whole bunch of things. And I think that that makes her such an interesting person to talk to. Of course, she did Just Mercy, which was one of those movies where she got a lot of flag for because uh, fucking stupid people. So yeah, I think that Brie Larson is such an interesting person to talk to. But I'm seeing the comment made by Isham66 and they say someone small who doesn't say a lot. While that is, I, I can understand that. I think that talking to somebody as interesting and famous as Brie Larson, that is going to be such a fun time. And again, Brie Larson seems to be a very fun person, very energetic. Uh, not always, but most of the time she seems very energetic. So I think that that is a very interesting person to sit next to. And also, while she is pretty tall, I don't think she is that tall. She's not, she's definitely not like wham, she's not hench, you know what I mean? Even though she is very muscular, which who, 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 maybe, who. Yeah. So going back to the question, as by user Juan dash de dash Fuca, you are stuck on a 12 hour flight. What famous person would you want to be sitting next to? And I want to say Brie Larson. Like, I have a little crush on Brie Larson. I have a poster of Captain Marvel on my door that I see every flipping day. And I think that Brie Larson is such a fun person to to talk to because she has so many interests. She is a bit of a nerd like I am. So I think it will be very fun to hear her talk about Animal Crossing for such a time and talk about Fortnite and what she thinks about playing Paradigm and stuff like that. I think that would be very fun. Uh, person to sit next to and like isham 66 is saying like she's also not that that big you know what i mean so hopefully we're gonna have a little uh leg space and stuff like that. thank you for your question one de fuca moving on to the second question coming from the ask reddit subreddit for today coming from the user aromatic fun poetry and they ask what do you think about removing 
in God we trust from American money. I think it is an interesting thing. Like, I feel like most of our society has been built on Christianity and the belief in God. So there are many things that have been baked into our our rules and regulations, and in this case, our currencies, that have something to do with God. So I think that, yeah, it is one of those things that it is there, and I don't really think it matters that much. If we're going to be pressing new money anyways, which some countries do quite often, like England, they, of course, they got a new bill a couple of years ago. I remember, I think it was like 2017, 2016, 2017. They got like new money because they wanted to have a better verification method. Like we got that too with the euros where we had old bills and now have new bills that have like an extra window and stuff like that to verify that the money is actually real. So they did that a couple of years ago in England as well, but they're going to change their money soon again because Queen Elizabeth died, of course, a couple of months ago. And now Prince uh, or King Charles, I should say, is going to be on all their money. So all their money is going to be reprinted and they're going to just take all the old money out of circulation and then insert new money, which is a very interesting thing that they're they're doing. And I think that, yeah, if you're doing so, something like that, I think that taking stuff like that away, I think might be a good idea because we always have talked about the fucking thing where it's like there's a separation between church and state. And while a whole bunch of countries plead this shit, we still have people giving the ode on the Bible and it's like, well, and God we trust and whatever the fuck. Like, like they're saying in this question as by a remote aromatic fun poetry in god we trust is on the money like why the fuck is it on why the fuck is it on there like it is something that has been on there probably for a very long time and even though it's america so it's not not that long guys it's not that long you're not the end i'll be all but okay so it's probably been on there for quite a while so why the fuck would you take it off now and that's i understand that but on the other hand it's just like well if we're gonna change the money anyways because we're gonna get new verification or identification marks and whatever i think that taking religious texts off of things that shouldn't be religious again going back to the separation between church and state i think that that is a very good idea in my opinion i think that is a very smart idea to be just like hey we're going to just take off the religious parts because first off shouldn't be religious to begin with second off a whole bunch of people are not religious i believe that last month they did a new survey around the world and because they do this every time where they they question people and they survey how many people believe in God or are believers in some sense. And I believe that this year was like the first year where the believers were in the minority and non-believers were in the majority, which is absolutely crazy to me because of course we have so many different religions. We, you know, have Christianity, we have judaism we have the islam buddhism you name it there are so many religions and so many people on this earth that believe in some form of you know religion that is kind of crazy to me that there now is a majority of people that doesn't believe in anything while still having everything built upon that so i think that is a very interesting thing to think about so going back to the question as by user aromatic fun poetry what do you think about removing in God we trust from America money? I think that 
it's on there, so I don't necessarily think that you should take it off for any reason. But if we're going to change the money anyways, because again, we're going to get new verification, identification, you name it. I think that taking it off would be a good thing to do, especially with that survey that I mentioned, where it says that nowadays more people are non-believers than are believers. So I think that that is a very interesting thing to think about. Thank you for your question. Moving on to the third question from the Ask Reddit subreddit for today, coming from user Apache tomcat-123 and they ask what's the best mindfuck movie there are quite a few mindfuck movies but there is one director in particular that jumps out head and shoulders above the rest and that's of course christopher nolan christopher nolan has made so many fucking movies and all his basically all his movies that he's made are mindfuck movies i'm talking about memento talking about the prestige talking about tenant like there he made so many talking about inception there's so many fucking Christopher Nolan movies that are so mindfucky and mind melding that it's just like, I cannot pick one. But if I have to pick one, <laughs> um, I, I would say that, I would say that it's a really hard question because it's just like, what are we, like, the best mindfuck movie doesn't necessarily have to be my favorite. And I don't think that the best mindfuck movie is a, is necessarily the best movie because if you're asking me what's the best movie that Christopher Nolan has made because I'm gonna condense it down to those I think that The Prestige is very much high up there I don't think it is the best mindfuck movie it's a good mindfuck movie but I don't think it's the best if you're gonna go what's the best I think that the best mindfuck movie I would think is Inception but then looking back like what is to the question, what's the best mindfuck movie? I would say it's Memento. So this is a weird back and forth that I'm doing in my head right now, where it's just like, I think that the best movie out of all of those is The Prestige, because while it is mindfucky and time jumpy and whatever, I think it's pretty easy to understand, especially when you know The Prestige, and not not saying know The Prestige as in the movie, kind of, but also knowing The Prestige as in the crescendo of the movie if you know what happens in the end and you're watching the movie again that makes the whole movie a lot more clear so i think that that is a really good way to look at that so i think that out of those mindfucky movies i think that that is the best mindfucky movie but i think the best mindfuck movie is inception because it is mind melding it's mindfucky but you can still understand what the fuck is going on even though you're still gonna be end up with like the question in your head but then you have again memento where it's just like when you're watching memento you're completely fucking lost and you have to watch memento multiple times to really understand what the fuck is going on and i think that that is what makes it a good mind fucking movie right so going back to the question as by user apache tomcat dash one two three what's the best mind fuck movie i really cannot pick i'm gonna just name three that i really like and they all have their pros and cons. So I'm going to say Memento, The Prestige, and Inception. All three are excellent in their own ways. And they all have their own strengths and weaknesses. So I don't necessarily know which one I would definitely pick to be like the best mindfucky movie. But those three are definitely on there for me. Thank you for your question. Moving on to the fourth question of today. Coming from user Smirking There's Sunshine. And they ask... What scandal is currently happening in the world of your niche interest 
that the general public would probably have no idea about. So I am part of some fun communities, um, one of them being gaming, one of them being wrestling, and both know their fun scandals, I guess. So let's jump into the gaming first, because I think that that's the most general and probably mostly publicly known. And that is the thing that we're having right now with the composer of the Doom games that had a conflict with Bethesda and now wrote and then got accused of basically dropping the work and leaving the company and whatever. And then now he, years later, like three years later after that happened, he posted a full fucking story with like 15,000 words going into every detail about their collaboration. And now Bethesda is striking back saying like, oh, everything he's saying is total bullshit. So we're not talking to him and we're not dealing with this bullshit. And like, oh my God, like it has been absolutely fucking crazy to see how that story is unfolding right now. And again, that shit is going as we speak where seemingly Bethesda is threatening legal action. So uh, we're going to see how that ends up in the end. But I think that that is a very interesting story. And I myself, I'm not a Doom player. I don't really play Bethesda games altogether. So seeing that happening, I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? But the other scandal on the wrestling side, I would think is still the whole controversy that we had with CM Punk and Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and whatever. So long story short, we have CM Punk, who is a legendary wrestler who quit the business and thought he was going to do MMA but got destroyed in both of his fights that he had in UFC because of course you're not going to get fucking destroyed and he left the business because he was a very bitter man and he was very sour about the business and then AEW came up and then people were like hey CM Punk are you going to go to AEW then the owner of AEW Tony Khan offered him a contract CM Punk accepted went back to wrestling but then started clashing with management because the management are not only management, but they're also athletes in the ring, which always has been a really weird, it has been a really weird construction, in my opinion, where, yeah, we had in the beginning with like Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, who all were executive vice presidents of the company and were basically running their day to day, but also were like their top competitors, which is a very weird thing to do, where it's just like, well, you are the owner, you are basically the bosses of this company, but then you're putting yourself into good positions. And while I agree that the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes are all fantastic wrestlers, should they be in their positions that they are in? Yes, no, and that's the whole thing. And that is what CM Punk basically said, like, hey, he went rogue on live TV and said, like, hey, yeah, this is what's going on, and this is fucked up. And then they gone these the Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and CM Punk got in a fight backstage, and that basically resulted in everybody getting suspended and basically CM Punk getting fired, I believe. And CM Punk was on the top; he was legitimately on the cover of the AEW game that's soon going to be released. And like last week, they finally showed the new cover, and he has been taken off of that cover. So it's been a real fun back and forth where it's just like what the fuck is going on backstage is CM Punk returning to the company probably not he doesn't really need the money and then it's like what is going on with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are that they are now back because they had a match at Full Gear a couple of weeks ago so it's been a whole mess with those two stories I should say so 
it's been really fun to follow, but it's been very, of course, especially with the wrestling story, it's very dirt sheet heavy. So we're all speculating and we're not really getting a real answer to the question. But I think that those two stories are great examples of your question, smirking-sunshine. What scandal is currently happening in the world of your niche interest that the general public would probably have no idea about? I think the CM Punk story has been absolutely fucking crazy. So that's a very interesting thing where people got bitten and chairs got thrown and uh, I don't know, dumpsters got thrown at people's heads and I fucking know. It's a crazy story. And then, of course, the Doom composer story has also been a fucking crazy journey. So yeah, thank you for your question, smirking dash on chan. And now, moving on to the final question of the Ask Reddit for today. Coming from user, the sports game guy, and they ask, what's the greatest film trilogy of all time? I'm gonna keep this very short because I don't think that we need to talk about this very long. The answer, of course, would probably be Star Wars. Star Wars, the original trilogy, of course, is fucking fantastic and has generated so much interest into that sci-fi world. We got Battlestar Galactica from that. I feel like Star Trek basically blew up from that as well. And, of course, we have a whole Star Wars universe now where we have animated cartoons and animated movies and fucking prequels and sequels and you name it. We have so many things. Just watch fucking Andor for 12 episodes and it's been absolutely fantastic. So if you have not seen Andor, please go and watch Andor because it's absolutely fantastic. It's really fucking good. So yeah, I would think that the answer to that question, the greatest trilogy of all time, would probably be Star Wars. But, but, but. There is one movie series that's gonna get a third entry very soon. And that is Magic Mike, motherfuckers. It's Magic fucking Mike. That's the answer. Next year, if you're asking me this fucking question, the answer is Magic Mike. Yeah? I love Star Wars, but the answer to the question next year would be Magic Mike. What's the greatest film trilogy of all time? It's Magic Mike. We got Magic Mike. We got Magic Mike XXL. And then we're gonna top it off with Magic Mike's Last Dance. And oh my god, it's gonna be fucking hype as fuck boys get fucking ready get your fucking speedos ready fucking get your tear off pants and fucking tear them off and just fucking grind those fucking yes boys yes boy thank you for your question that sports game guy and now moving on to the final question of today of course coming from the mid asshole subreddit as by user positive underscore balance three seven five six and they ask, am I the asshole for doing weird, awkward poses whenever my mother-in-law accidentally walks in on me in the bathroom? So my mother-in-law, I'm a gal by the way, lol, came to stay with us for a few weeks till her home is renovated for Christmas. The problem is that she's been randomly walking in on me while I'm in the bathroom. Thankfully, not once has she seen me naked because I started picking up on her behavior after the second time in a week. She barges in, then turns and says, oh sorry, then closes the door. I tried talking to my husband about it, but he kept ignoring me, then flat out said, So what if she accidentally seen you naked? She's family. He seriously said that. We had a lock, and I could have used it, but I have passed drama from the idea of locking being locked in a room after my brother locked me in a bathroom when I was five. So I came up with the idea. I'd go inside the bathroom pretending to use it and wait for her to come. Because honestly, it's deliberate at this point. When she accepted... When she accidentally barges in, she'd see me in weird, awkward positions. For example, doing a ballet stand, standing on the toilet, or standing facing the wall with my hands up. 
fully clothed, of course. I could see how awkward and weird that would be for her because she'd stand there for a few seconds trying to figure out what is going on. It was hilarious at first seeing her initial confusion, but she told my husband about it, claiming she's caught me practicing religion in the bathroom. I cleared things up and revealed the reason why. My husband was livid. He called me chalice and said I made his mom feel terrified, weirded out by my behavior. He said I could have acted maturely and locked the damn door instead of playing mind games. Am I the asshole? And I would say, no, you're definitely not the asshole. I am, you probably hear it. I am fucking laughing reading this. This shit is absolutely fucking hilarious. The fact that your mother-in-law just constantly walks in on you when you're in the bathroom is fucking weird to begin with. But then you're making it awkward. That makes it fucking hilarious. That makes it so much fucking fun. And her thinking that you're doing religious fucking things in the bathroom makes it even funnier to me somehow. So no, you're definitely not the asshole for this. Like your mother-in-law is definitely somebody that is trying to intrude on your privacy. And I don't know what the fuck she's trying to do. And maybe she's trying to discover if you have a penis or something like that. I don't fucking know. Like it's, it's fucking weird what the fuck but it is really funny how you're trying to solve the problem by just standing in awkward positions like saying like facing the wall with your hands up and ballet stances standing on the toilet that's fucking hilarious so going to the question asked by positive underscore balance 3756 am i the asshole for doing weird awkward poses whenever my mother-in-law accidentally walks in on me in the bathroom you're definitely not the asshole this is fucking hilarious and your mother-in-law should learn that hey if somebody's using the bathroom they're probably using the bathroom so fucking stay out of there what the fuck we don't have to use locks if you're fucking a serious person you can see like oh the lights on or like oh i heard that her go in like come on if you're doing this multiple times a, a day maybe even that th there is something completely wrong with your mother-in-law i'm sorry for that but you fixed this and it was very funny very funny thank you for your question positive balance and that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Didn't Ask Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify because both places give you the ability to leave a rating. And that's going to help out the show tremendously because if you get better ratings, it gets higher in the charts and it gets more people listening. And that's going to be more fun for everybody involved because who doesn't want to listen to this fucking amazing show? I think I would. You can find this show on anchor.fm forward slash didn't dash ask dash pod. Over here, you can find all the links there. This podcast is available on. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, Podcast Addict. You name it, it's fucking there. If it's not, please let me know. You can do that by going to the anchor.fm website and pressing the message button and telling me where this podcast isn't available on. And I'll do my best to try and get it on there as quickly as I can. You can use that message button to ask me a personal question as well. And you can do that by recording a voice memo that I can then splice into the show so you can hear your voice on this right here show. If you don't want your voice to be heard on this right here show, just say it somewhere in your message and I'll just read your question out myself so you can still get an answer to your question, but stay anonymous at the same time. I will be back next week. And in the meantime, and in between time, you can go to Trekt.tv. That link will be in the show description as well, as well as the other links. And over here, you can see all the TV shows and movies that I'm watching while I'm watching them. I just completed the werewolf run that I was doing with the boys over at We Enjoy. And it was very interesting to see uh, the Wolfman from fucking the 70s or 60s or whatever the fuck. And now seeing the modern day Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro and uh, Emily Blunt. So that was fun. 
just going back and forth with that. We had so many werewolf movies, fucking Dog Soldiers, fucking uh, American Werewolf in London. So many good things, so many fun things, so many movies I had never even heard of, let alone seen. So it was a real fun time. I'm also catching up with all my TV shows because I missed out a whole bunch. I just completed my catch-up on Chucky, did it earlier for Stargirl. So there's so many things that I'm watching, I'm watching Below Deck. We have Below Deck Prime. I'm going to call it right now, is back now. We also have Below Deck Adventure going at the same time. So there are so many fucking things I'm watching right now. So please check out Trek.tv to see everything I'm doing as of right now. Okay, that's enough talking for me for today. I hope you had a good time. I hope to see you back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.